My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, well, we have Natalie here who offered to share with us um, a little bit about her story, just being a single parent and some other really good things that I know a lot of moms can relate to out there. So Natalie, whenever you can, just go ahead and give us some context, some background information about your family. Sure. Um, My son is nine years old. I'm a single mom. I've been a single mom for a little over three years. Um, So I wasn't always a single mom, but I am a single mom now. Um, And I work full time as well. So I'm pretty busy all around. My son was a late Christmas present. I was a little bit of a surprise when I found out I was pregnant. Um, I was pretty terrified at first. I was only 21 when I found out I was pregnant. So I definitely, I wanted to have kids, but I definitely wanted to do it or saw it for myself like later in life. But uh, I think God had different plans and he came along um, when I was 21 and he's nine now. So it's been, it's been a journey. Uh, Definitely a big learning experience that really made me grow up quite quickly. It was hard. I I looked at a lot of my peers who were enjoying their young 20s and, you know, kind of going out a lot and, um, you know, being a young adult, uh, you know, of course, turning 21, you're able to do a lot more things uh, than you were before that. And it was kind of like the start of adulthood for me. And so, I mean, it definitely shook a lot of things up that I saw for my future. Um, It was a big transition, a really big change in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, what was your support like at that time, the relationship with the, um, with your son's father? How, how was all of that? Uh, when I became pregnant, it was really good. Uh, he was more, actually more excited about having a child than I was, to be honest. I was terrified and scared. I came around eventually and was really excited about it, but he was excited from the get-go from the moment I told him I was pregnant and I was terrified. I think I went into my shower and cried actually after I took the test, um, but he was actually really excited to be a dad. I think at first it was a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, and then excitement. After I kind of got over the fear, I was really excited to meet him. It was really cool to feel him grow in my stomach and feel him move around. That was actually after I had him, I really missed that feeling. Mm -hmm. Uh, My pregnancy wasn't terrible. It was okay. The last trimester was a little bit uncomfortable. I had really bad sciatica and then I ended up with hypertension. So they actually induced me a couple of weeks early uh, just because my blood pressure was so high. Um, so he came along a little bit before we were expecting, but he wasn't premature or anything. Mm-hmm. He was um, awesome. He was born healthy. Uh, I mean, I think that most mothers go through 
a whole different wave of emotions and I'm definitely no different than that. Um, I definitely developed not right away, but I think I definitely struggle with postpartum depression and kind of set in a little bit later, kind of after the initial, uh, you know, like endorphin rush wore off from having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was, I, I stayed at home with him. I didn't work for, well, I didn't actually work for like the first four years of his life, but I went back to school after he was around a year old. But for the first year, he, I stayed at home with him and it was just, it was kind of lonely and isolating having a baby. They, you know, they don't talk to you and you think you wouldn't be lonely because you have this little person there with you, but it was, you know, it was very, it could be very lonely at times. I know it kind of strikes women as surprising when they start to feel those symptoms a little bit later. I think a lot of the assumptions out there are that if you're going to get postpartum depression or if you're going to have these issues, it's going to happen right away and you're going to know it right away. And that's kind of like the media depiction of it almost. But mm-hmm. I know in my experience too, it, it happened almost a year later um, when I weaned off of breastfeeding. So just talk to me about kind of what were your experiences like when you started to notice that things weren't feeling right and that you were starting to feel really lonely and how else maybe did your symptoms manifest? I had this just feeling that I wanted to run away. It's hard to explain. Um, I would sit on my porch step and just be like, I just don't really want to be here right now. And I felt a lot of guilt and shame thinking that it was hard to have those thoughts, but they're honest and true. That was, I think the biggest thing is I just wanted to get away. Mm -hmm. How was your um, partner at that time when you were starting to struggle? Not very supportive. Uh, During my son's first few years of life, things really took a turn And I got to say that the biggest turn was actually right after we got married and our son was about two, two and a half years old when we got married. Um, At first, initially, he was really involved, very hands-on, but it kind of started to fade after I think the the newness of it wore off, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I found myself having to do more and more of the work um, with our son and he just it would sometimes get to the point where I just don't think he was able to handle it or cope very well. Mm-hmm. Right now we don't communicate at all really, except through um, a court app actually, because I have a restraining order against him. Uh, but it got, it started to get worse. Yeah. I would say around when, when he was two and a half and uh, actually the summer following our marriage, it started to get, really bad. It wasn't consistently bad. There were times where it was good and it was better, uh, but it definitely started to be more painful and more hard times following our marriage. Mm -hmm. It was hard. I think on top of it too, my family doesn't live in this state. They live many hours away. Uh, So I went through a lot of it on my own. I I was scared to tell people that there were problems in my marriage too. you know, my parents paid for my wedding. It wasn't cheap. Uh, you know, it actually, you know, I didn't, I actually didn't want to marry him uh, probably even before we actually got married. But at that point, the wedding was already paid for and invitations are already sent out. So 
and it just felt like, okay, well, we have a kid together. This is the next step, you know, thing to do. So mm-hmm. I went through with it and it was definitely a very big mistake and made the next three years. Uh, and well, actually I should say the next five years, very difficult. Yeah. And it made it very hard to leave. It was a very hard decision. It was probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Uh, was to divorce him because then I would know that our son would come from a two-family home and that's definitely not something that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got a lot of feedback from his family that, you know, if we can't be happy. We need to still make the decision to stay together for the child. You don't get divorced when you have kids. That was like a fundamental belief that his family had. Um, so I got a lot of backlash from his family and friends and, you know, again, a lot of guilt and shame that, you know, to leave the marriage, you know, with having a child together. It's been, it was a hard decision Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. So what do you think was actually the tipping point? I think that uh, I had to choose between my mental health and staying together for our son, but also knowing that his mother would have poor mental health if I did. Right. That makes sense mm-hmm. because staying with him would have meant that I would basically become a shell of the person that I was. I, I mean, I was, I was that it, it was getting to that point where, you know, I would look in my, in the mirror and I wouldn't even recognize myself anymore. Uh, you know, when you're in a relationship and married to a narcissist, they kind of slowly take your identity over time. And it's very, very hard on your self-esteem a lot of the behaviors that they they do and engage in it's a lot of control a lot of gaslighting a lot of um manipulation so you really really lose your sense of self and who you are your own identity and that is what i would have had to have sacrificed if i were to stay in that marriage mm-hmm. really difficult decision but we know and i feel really strongly obviously about the mom's mental health and how that if it's not properly taken care of can be really devastating to the child and to the family. So it seems like you took everything into consideration and, and you just made the the decision that you made. And, and hopefully, I mean, how do you feel about that now looking back at everything? I feel good about the decision that I made looking back because I know that my son isn't going to grow up and um, have that be an example of how you treat women. Mm-hmm. And if he, were to treat his future wife the way that I was treated by his father, I would, I don't know if I would be able to live with that. That would be really hard. Yeah. That's such a good point. And that's something that we are tasked with, right. As moms. And I know as, as my kiddo gets older, it's like having to monitor the decisions that you make so that they make better decisions when they're 20 years older. It's a, it's a big task for sure. I'm hitting the pause button quick to share with you guys a product that my son absolutely loves. Eli is a pretty picky eater, which makes for some stressful mom moments over here. Ever since we found Magic Spoon Cereal, Eli's happy and mama's happy. Magic Spoon Cereal is a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with the other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, 
frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Eli absolutely loves Magic Spoon cereal, and he's super picky, like I said, so I know the kiddos in your house will love it too. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. And so switching gears a little bit, just talking about what it's been like being a single mom for the past couple of years, working, having gone to school, not having family around, how has that impacted your motherhood experience with a, with a little bit of an older child? Uh, it's been a lot of work, um, not easy, and definitely times where uh, I've questioned whether I can do all of the things that I want to do with the situation that I'm in. Um, but also very empowering at the same time. I was able to get my master's degree, complete graduate school as a single mom. I was a single mom all the way through for all three years I was in the program and maintained my full-time job uh, while being a single mom to my son. So looking back, it was not an easy journey, but it's been very empowering to know that I was able to do that and that it was possible and that I was able to reach goals that I had set for myself a long time ago. Right. That happened. Absolutely. I noticed that you have one child. So did you ever plan to have more? What what are your thoughts on that? There might have been a time in my life where I would have considered having another child. However, I think that that ship has sailed for me at this point. Um, If I end up with a man who has kids already, that would be I, I would be open to that. Uh, but I don't know if I see myself having any more mm-hmm. at this point in life. I, I have a lot of career goals and things that I, I want to do. And, and if I have a child right now with, with my son being nine, it would be literally starting all the way over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where would you say that you're at now, knowing and, and having resurfaced a lot of emotions that you've unpacked with your pregnancy, with your early stages of motherhood? Where are you at right now? I'm in a good place right now. I really am. I, I've had a lot of unfortunate things happen, a lot of things I didn't foresee happening to me. But the way that I look at it is that those things didn't happen to me, that I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And due to the nature of what I do for work, that, you know, going through all of those hard experiences myself has really allowed me to empathize with some of the positions that some of my clients have been in. Um, I think it's made me a better therapist. I think it's made me a better mother too. Um, you know, I, I have a very unique and strong bond with my son because it is him and I, the two of us alone, a lot of the time. And, you know, that we've been able to really bond because of that. So what do you wish you knew back then? And it can be in reference to where you were at before you got pregnant, when you were pregnant early in motherhood at any point, what do you wish you knew back then? I wish I would have known the red flags for uh, toxic relationships, if that makes sense. I, I, yeah. When I met my ex, I was very, very young. I was 20, and I hadn't, did not have a lot of relationship experience at that point in my life. And looking back, there were a lot of red flags that I, I know now, uh, but did not at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So if I could have a conversation with my 21 or my 20 year old self, it, it would be, you know, a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of moms who are listening too. they, they, 
they may be curious for themselves, like, are there red flags that they should be aware of, especially if there's a woman out there who really resonates with your story? Can you just really quickly go over what you know, whether it's personally or professionally, kind of what are some of those red flags? I think one of the biggest red flags that I noticed pretty early on was how my ex-partner treated his mother, that uh, he was very verbally abusive towards her and yelled at her a lot. Uh, And at the time, it made me uncomfortable, but I didn't think anything of it. But um, really, I think one thing that's important is to kind of look how your partner treats their family too, is uh, eventually going to be how they treat you when the newness of the relationship wears off, the honeymoon period goes away. Um, I think another thing too is that I was the expense of a joke a lot of the time too, kind of the butt of the joke. And of course it was always innocent and funny and everyone laughed and it was supposed to be funny. If I got upset, you know, I was being too sensitive. Um, But really, you know, deep down it was pretty hurtful. And also he'd never had any boundaries against getting upset or fighting with me in front of other people too. And it was very humiliating. So that was, that's something too, is that nothing was ever private. So those were, were three, three of the things that are kind of sticking out in my head right now. I'm sure there are more, but. Right. So, yeah, I think that would be helpful. Again, I'm just thinking of the women who is out there and like really resonating with your story. I really want her to be aware of these red flags and there are tons more um, that would be just readily available on some resources online. And I can include some in the show notes. Um, but, but yeah, those red flags are really great. Just examples for, any woman out there who's kind of feeling your story and feels like they might relate to a little bit. So what would you tell yourself back then? That's a hard question. I, again, I don't regret going through any of it just because I know like I would probably be a very different person right now if I didn't. So I can't, and also I wouldn't have my son. Mm -hmm. a big part as well. I think I would tell myself to buckle up (laughs) because you're about to go in for a a very serious ride the next decade of your life. Uh, I don't think I would go back and say run away or don't do it just because again, I wouldn't have my son and I wouldn't be who I am today without those experiences in my life. So other than everything that you've already mentioned, um, next to last question here, what do you think if anything is important for other moms to know? I think it's important for other moms to know that it is okay to take care of yourself and meet your own needs. If you have goals that you want to go for to go for it, even if you don't think it's possible because you're a mom or because you're a mom means that you need to solely hundred percent focus on your child and ignore your own needs. I, I don't agree with that. I think that it is just as important that you find your own fulfillment and joy and meet your own goals as it is as much as you support your children through theirs. Um, So I think that's really, really important to uh, always make sure that you're focusing on yourself as well. Yeah, there is a really great quote that I'm going to try to find right now that encompasses exactly what it is that you're talking about. And I agree with it so much. So it's from Carl Jung, and it's the greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived life of its parents. And I think that that's just so perfect. And I love that you advocated obviously for your own choices to have gone to school and continue working and you had these goals and you made it happen. And I obviously, I feel so strongly about, you know, filling your own cup before you can fill someone else's, whether it's your child or your family. And so 
I love that. I love and echo that a hundred percent, just having to take care of yourself first mm-hmm. and so, so well in order to take care of everybody else in your life. Um, so last question, why is it good to do and go through hard things? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I think it's good to go through hard things. I think that's how we grow as people is, uh, and they, you know, if we are up against something hard in life and we make the choice to avoid it or not, or not go through it, not deal with it, that, you know, it, it, we're not going to be able to move forward as far as growth goes, because those are the times that we are able to grow is when we overcome obstacles. Uh, so I, I think that that's important mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to grow through that. Keeping in mind that you, people, you know, I really want people to know and sing, you know, moms, single moms, everyone to really know that, you know, you really can do anything that you put your mind to. It is possible. If there's a will, there's a way. Uh, there's been plenty of times in my life where I didn't think something was possible. And, you know, you can figure it out every single time. Everything is figure outable. For more information and resources, you can head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other women and people in general who need these resources and they would otherwise not get them. With that said, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.